Welcome to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. The My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is your local source for the latest news and information on fishing Cape Cod. Now, here's your host, Kevin Collins. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast here from MyFishingCapeCod.com. I'm your host, Kevin Collins, back with you for our final August episode of the podcast this season. We're going to go well into the fall, so do not fret. Plenty of more podcasts will be coming your way, but the summer is rapidly coming to an end, and Labor Day weekend is right around the corner. We've got a great show in store for you today. We're going to be joined by MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins right off the top of the program. Next up will be Phil Howarth, the owner of the Goose Hummock down in Orleans. And last but not least, we'll be joined by proud MFCC member, Bruno Demir from down at Cape and Islands, Mitsubishi. This is going to be another one of our long-form fishing report podcasts. I know we've kind of changed it up between the short, quick hitters and the long-form full report podcast. So hope everybody has been enjoying the variety of both shows that we've been putting out for everyone this year. And without further delay, let's dive right into the program. Well, as promised, first up on today's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is none other then MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins. And Ryan, where am I catching you on this beautiful Friday? It's an unbelievable Friday. It's flat calm right now. I am anchored over one of my favorite sandbars in Cape Cod Bay, just soaking in the sun. It's really pretty tremendous. How long have you been out so far this morning? Um, I got some work done. I got up at 4 this morning, and I got some work done, recorded some fishing reports for the radio stations and for the folks who have been listening to those every morning this summer thank you for tuning in got some other office work done and then i was on the water by eight o'clock so i've been hanging out out here trying to capture some underwater footage for about two hours it's really just awesome and how's that been going have you been seeing any fish swimming around out there over the sandbar i have and it's not crazy, but the schoolies, I've seen a couple 30-inchers and bright, sunny conditions like this with a low tide. It's really easy to spot these fish, and there's no shortage of places in Cape Cod Bay where you can do what I'm doing right now. And I'm anchored over a sandbar. I'm in about four feet of water. I've got my underwater cameras going, and I've got whole dead mackerel out there sitting in front of the underwater cameras. And I think I might have gotten two or three fish on camera inhaling the mackerel. Now, you never know until I get home and plug it into the computer because these cameras have a tendency to turn off by themselves when they want to. But interesting point here, Kevin, was I tried chunks of mackerel first, and they just swam right by it. But then I put the whole dead mackerel out there. Maybe it's the profile of the dead fish on the nice sand. I don't know, but I was able to get a couple bites on the whole dead neck, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, that is really interesting. And I know you've had a chance to get out, you know, in Cape Cod Bay and other areas and do a lot of fishing. I believe it was a day or two ago. I think you got a chance to get out with Bruno. Can you give us a quick recap on that trip? And we'll hear from Bruno late in the podcast. I will leave everybody waiting. Okay. I'm sure Bruno will talk about that. So I'll, I'll let everybody just, just sweat it out and wait for Bruno's report. But I will tell you that I have been out in Cape Cod Bay this week. I've, I've spent most of my summer, Kevin, in Nantucket Sound fishing 
Monomoy and the Shoals for stripers, bluefish, and fluke. But I'm in my old stomping grounds this week, and there's been some good peanut bunker feeds in the bay. So that's good to see. And I also saw this morning in the forum, somebody posted some nice pictures of albies that they caught. So that's really great to see, too. And I know the um, the funny fish are moving into the area, Ryan. We're talking about false albacore. We're talking about bonito. Is that something that you're going to be looking to kind of shift your attention to as we peel the calendar into September? Yes. Actually, tomorrow I'm going to do a trip for funny fish, and it's a giveaway trip. So I put up a giveaway a couple months ago, and tomorrow I'm taking out the winners, and we're going to go. It was originally got to be for stripers, but I think we're going to go for funny fish instead. They're saying northeast wind tomorrow, so I'm thinking maybe I can hang out somewhere in Vineyard Sound or in Buzz's Bay and have a chance at some albies. But I have seen from people posting in the forum the last 24 hours that they are catching them. So if you're interested in albie fishing, hop in the forum, contribute. You know, if you go out, just give us a general hint. You don't have to reveal all your hotspots, but just say, hey, I got a few in Vineyard Sound or I got a few in Nantucket Sound today. It's really helpful for everybody else. And I'm, I got high hopes for tomorrow. I don't know if the weather's got to be a little too brisk for us tomorrow, but I got high hopes. Well, that's good to hear, Ryan. And in terms of the striped bass report, other than Cape Cod Bay and kind of what you've been doing over the last week and since we've last spoke, Give us a just a, a general ballpark, you know, striped bass report on Cape Cod Bay and, and maybe any of the other beaches that you're hearing about. I know the Outer Cape has some stripers, and people in the forum have been surf casting down there quite a bit this summer. I got a through the grapevine report yesterday that boats were doing all right on stripers somewhere off the Outer Cape beaches. I know that's probably not terribly helpful, but. It's just a through-the-grapevine report. I didn't get any details there. And with tuna season, commercial tuna season opening again on September 1st, I'm sure a lot of the listeners need to get back out there. So that is good to hear as well. And speaking of listeners, the podcast, we've had a lot of new listeners over the past couple weeks here because we've dripped them out uh, publicly on iTunes and Spotify. So lots of new listeners but also a lot of listeners who have converted into supporting members, which is great. We've had a great summer, a lot of new people joining up. And if you join up this week, just drop me a note and say hello. It'd be great to connect with you. Well, Ryan, that all sounds great. Sounds like you're getting a chance to do plenty of fishing, which is what I like to hear. And you're not always buried behind the computer. So it's good to hear you out on the water. I'm going to let you get back to what you're doing, but thanks for providing us an update. And we've got, a great podcast in store for everybody today. We're going to be joined by Phil Howarth from down at the Goose Hummock in Orleans. And Bruno Demir, like you mentioned, is going to give us a report on your Benito trip from out at the Hooter. So it's going to be a great show in store. Hope everybody sticks around. Thank you very much, Kevin. I'll talk to you soon. Well, next up on this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is our good friend Phil Howarth from down at the Goose Hummock in Orleans. And Phil, it's a beautiful, hot, steamy Cape Cod Friday. Isn't it, Josh? Yeah, it's gorgeous out. Beautiful out. And the fishing's not too shabby either. Well, that's good to hear. It's been a little bit since we've last checked in. Have you had a chance personally to get out and do any fishing since we've last spoke? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, actually, we, we have really exciting stuff for us. We actually finally got um, 
the new tournament boat ready. Um, so we've got a new 44 contender. We actually drove her up from Florida last week. So Beautiful. We, we did it on, we got back on Wednesday night. So we did uh, 1,350 miles in four days. So that was a cool trip. So we're just rigging her, um, doing the outriggers and, and do the service on the engines. And then we'll be ready to tune a fish next week. So very excited about that. Well, that's amazing to hear, and that you didn't run into any we, choppy no, seas. We followed the storm. You followed the we, storm, we, okay? We kind of had a couple of there was a couple of things on the snag list to get the boat ready, so we kind of we it got too close to the storm, so we let the storm go. We, we actually caught the storm in Rhode Island Sound. We started to hit the swell in Rhode Island Sound. Amazing! We, after that, it was glorious all the way up. It was beautiful. So I'm taking it. It goes pretty fast then, if you caught the storm. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, she doesn't hang around. We average 45 miles an hour. Wow, that's that's amazing. And were were you alone on the trip, Phil, or did you have a crew with you? Yeah, no, there's four of us. So four of uh, three of my guys from the shop. We we all went. So what an awesome experience. Yeah, it's good fun. Yeah, it's good fun. Yeah, it was, it, we enjoyed it. So it was the uh, first time I've done the uh, the whole of the Eastern Seaboard. It was it was a cool trip. We saw and we rode the intercoastal. So we got to see in like North Carolina. We got to see a, you know an alligator line in somebody's backyard, which we thought was hilarious as we went past it. So we we had, we had a good time. We you know we saw a lot of stuff. There's a lot of video that's going to start going up on Instagram because we've got content for days. Mm-hmm. So some cool stuff. Good trip. Met some cool people as well. Well, that's great to hear. And you and the boat are back up here in in Cape Cod, safe and sound. But what have you been hearing going on fishing wise that you've hinted at that it's been heating up a little bit? Yeah, on the, yeah, the freshwater scene is actually uh, quietly very good. Mm-hmm. The the um, the baby herring are starting to get to a size now where the larges are getting really interested. So so they're very active. So you've got this you know these great um, bites going on now on any any of the um, herring run fed ponds on the Cape. Mm-hmm. So that's been really cool. And the other thing that's done as we get just in the very first days of fall is talking to my fly leads. They're doing really well in the evening now on a dry fly bite as these hatches coming off. Mm-hmm. So you've got some really lovely you know, dry fly fishing to be done um, late afternoon, early evening on the freshwater side. So that's been pretty good. The water's still too, too warm, really, for the trout. That's not doing a lot. Yeah, that's going to start mid to late next month when they start stocking again. Yeah. Um, the beaches are getting... You know, beach is doing great because there's so much bait out there. There's silver side, there's there's still pogies, there's mackerel, there's you know the um, the peanut bunker. The, the, you go across the sound, it's just there's bait everywhere. You can walk on it. Um, you know, people have been using the like, the gold pad. There's like hickory shad around, so the gold like gold pattern swaters and the despy minnows are doing really well. It's like mimics that on the stripers. Um, but I suppose the most exciting thing inshore is the albies have finally showed up. Well, I wouldn't say finally because we're actually a bit early, but uh, my guys are really getting on them now, and they're, they're further further down the cape, so kind of sandwich Falmouth way. But the Albi bite, bite is starting. Um, two of my guys fished it the other day; they both caught a couple, and they were both fishing in kayaks, which is great. So you don't really need a boat to do it. Mm-hmm. So, and of course, you know, when the Albies run, everybody who fishes for houses absolutely gets the juice because you know they're so exciting to chase. Very frustrating to chase at times, but they're phenomenal to uh, catch, like catching mini torpedoes. So that's kind of getting everybody going, and especially with this calmer weather. The good thing was that, in my opinion, the the storm actually, because it came from the south, actually pushed the fish closer to us. Where our big fear, you know, as a fishing community, is you get a big nor'easter come through and it just washes the albies out for the season. Yep. 
Yep. Um, it's nice that actually they pushed them up here. And it was quite ironic. We were running the boat up the coast and we we're off Jacksonville in Florida and we saw breaking fish in front of us. It was this, I don't know, it's like the size of Town Cove going off. 20 minutes of casting the epoxies at, uh, at the uh, at the Alps in Florida. And it's like, it's really cool. And then we get here and the variety here. So, slightly bigger in Florida, but it was, uh, it was you know, we, had, we had a good half an hour and got the first fish on the deck, so in cool. And Phil, talking about Albies, the first time we've kind of hinted at it this season is we're kind of flipping the page from August into September into the fall, you know, funny fishery. Can you talk just a little bit about, you know, the goose hummock and how you guys can outfit people if they want to try for Albies? Albies are, Albies are uh, we tend to fish very light for Albies, so we're fishing like you know, 3,000, 4,000 class reels with a slightly tip, stiffer tippier rod because we, you want to cast out but you know they're very very fickle so you want to be casting epoxies or, or smaller heavier um lures and you're trying to cast them as far as you can so you don't have to run the boat over them mm-hmm. you know, and if you are in a boat you just need to be really cautious you can't run up on a school and jump on top of it you, the art is to work out where they're going to be in two minutes time not where they are now mm-hmm. and if you can get that and get the fish come to you but you know it, it's that little stiffer rod um, we've got plenty in stock, so we do that really well. People, you know, use lighter line. Um, so, you know, we're not using 20-pound test braid, etc. So, and then, you know, we've got some, we have epoxy jibs. We've got some little metal jigs. It's kind of a smaller, lower-profile bait that we're, we're casting. So, but, yeah, come and speak to my guy, Sam and Ian. Um, down the store, absolutely addicted to Albies. You can hardly get sense out of them right now because they're so excited about it, so... Um, they'll happily share their passion with with people who come in and want you know, want some advice on how to target them. If you haven't done it before, or, or if you have done it before, we'll you know, happily help you. Another thing I wanted to check in with you on is just real quick the the offshore bite. Just a, a quick report on what you're hearing about tuna. Yeah, tuna bite is still phenomenal, um, especially east of Chatham. Um, the nice thing is, you know, the, the nice thing is there's big fish around, which is kind of okay. Albeit, you know, the commercial season's closed now, so you can't keep them, so best not target them. Um, but the the bar bite, especially east of Chatham, is starting to go off. My friend Ralph yesterday, I think he had four fish, and he was using pink side trackers. That was the the number one. He had pink and a black, but it was the pink he was actually catching the fish on. So the fact there's a bar bite really starting is, is great because it's a really cool way of catching wreck fish. And then on Wednesday next week, the uh, commercial season starts again and the, the you know there's tuna everywhere i've heard some big numbers one of my friends matt he, had, he went seven for nine the other day um one of my staff greg was out with uh captain doug edmonds of uh, between alarms charters and they went three for four they caught two wreck fish and they also released two giants yesterday so the, the tuna bite's really good and the canyons is still fantastic as well if you've got the reach the canyons are still fishing incredibly well it got stirred up a bit um, a lot of people are out there now because there's a weather window yesterday and today, so I haven't really got any reports post the storm, but a lot of people going. But, you know, last week it was just on fire. So a lot of good stuff going on. And like I say, it doesn't matter if you're restricted to a beach, a pond, small boat, or a long-range boat. There's 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 everything for you now in Cape Cod. It's a magical time of year. It's as we go into September. It's, September and June are probably my favorite two months of the year, actually. Yeah, I think September and the fall are definitely my favorite, you know, month and season on Cape Cod. And as we do peel the calendar, Phil, into September, we've got Labor Day weekend coming up. Uh, anything going on at the at the store that we need to know about? Not so much on the specials perspective. We still got a lot of stuff. Inventory keeps coming in. Um, we've got, you know, we've got plenty plenty of gear. We're 
the exciting new one is we've just taken on Visa reels, yep, um, which is a direct comparison to the Van Stall reel. So it gives people choice in that fully sealed reel. And Robert, who was the original designer of Van Stall reels, is the man behind Visa. So we're excited to be the Cape Cod vendor for that product, which will be something for the beach guys and the canal guys, especially, be interested in that. So that's kind of a new product line. I start, I should start getting the inventory for that mid to late next week. We've just had a huge order of pedal drive kayaks come in, which is great because they've been out of stock pretty much all year. Or as soon as they've come in, they've gone, but I got a hundred of them last week. So the kayak center's fully stocked. And yeah, it doesn't matter whether you're fishing for albies to tuna, we've got it all in store. So, you know, I wish everybody a, a very happy uh, Labor Day and, you know, come on down, enjoy it. Thanks for taking the time to, uh, you know, catch us up on all things Cape Cod fishing in the Goose Hummock. We really appreciate your time. And we look forward to catching up with you in September. Yeah, look forward to it. Cheers, mate. Speak to you soon. Well, next up on today's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast, we want to welcome in proud MFCC member Bruno Demir from down at Cape and Islands, Mitsubishi. Bruno, how are you on this beautiful sunny Friday? I am doing great, Kevin. Hello, MFCC members. And uh, it is a beautiful sunny day, 85 degrees here on Cape Cod. Now, I want to back the bus up to last weekend. We're going to go kind of in chronological order here. I know before the hurricane or tropical storm, Henri visited us last Sunday, you got a chance to go out fluking just before the storm, before that low pressure moved into the area on Saturday. You were kind enough to extend an offer to me. I couldn't make it due to some family stuff. We were battening down the hatches for a storm that ended up never really materializing into very much at least inside cape cod bay here but i want to hear about your trip on that saturday and how the fishing was ahead of the storm you my friend missed a epic fluke trip and uh i'm sorry to say you couldn't make it but uh it was a great trip we headed down to the nantucket shoals uh around uh, 6 a.m we pushed off the docks and uh, it was a very, very foggy, foggy day. I mean, you couldn't see 10 feet in front of you. But um, we anticipated that before the storm, with a really good tide, um, you know, these fish this, these fish can sense the front coming in. So they usually bite pretty good. And uh, we, were, uh, we were right on the money. And um, we were out there with with uh with the fog on us and like 70 feet of water in the shoals uh not too far off monomoy and um we limited out on four people and we had fluke up to 25 inches uh no monster but still a decent sized fluke and a bunch of really good sea bass uh that were um hitting bait fish on the surface and we were casting into them 21 inch sea bass down in the shoals and um and overall it was a great day we wrapped it up by noon because uh we started seeing some big rollers coming in um and that's when we knew all right well the storm's approaching and it's time to uh head back to the barn and stop filleting fish yeah the uh the top water sea bass bruno is something i've never seen that's such a unique cool experience that you guys had um, you you know usually they're down deep, kind of on the on the bottom. So that must have been a really cool thing to see. I've actually in in uh, in in late summer, this is 
probably the third or fourth time I've actually seen that. Mm. The first time I saw it, I I was very confused. I thought it was either striper or bluefish. And uh, as I started casting into them, I started getting sea bass. And uh, ever since then, I've noticed that going in late season, as I go south in Monomoy, if I see birds, which this is this is what happened. I was going to <clears throat> the fluke spot. I was going to... Um, on the way, I started hearing birds through the fog, and I started following the sound. And then we found a big batch of birds working the the water and picking up pieces of bait fish. And mm. um, I wasn't sure what it was. I was hoping that it was a hardtail, whether it be an albie or a bonito. And we started casting uh, epoxy jigs into it and, uh, and started getting sea bass. So um, it happens. It's rare, but... Um, they they definitely do. I mean, I've even caught in sea bass trolling for uh, that's amazing. Fish. So they they they'll come up. They will feed on the surface. Now they're still in season till I think it's like September eighth, if I can remember. The, the season starts in the middle of May and it goes to the first week or two of September. Did you guys keep a few to uh, get some meat off of? Those are beautiful fish to eat. Yeah, it's one of my favorite fish to eat, and. Um, Believe it or not, I like to just fry them whole, mm-hmm. um, but but you don't want to use any kind of um, you know breading or or any kind of flour on them. You just want to marinate them with seasoning and throw them in a real hot oil hole, and they are delicious. It turns into a giant potato chip. I love them. Now, Bruno, moving past the storm, I know you get a chance to get out with Ryan, which is always a treat. He's tough to track down these days with all of his duties. But you get a chance to do some bonito fishing out at the Hooter with Ryan. Can you tell us about that trip and about maybe why you think the bonito are, are off to a little bit of a slow start this year? Yeah, it's very interesting because we we headed out to the Hooter and to the Bonito Bar, and um, unfortunately we we didn't uh, get ourselves a bonito on that trip. We did see a bunch of bluefish um, and. Uh, there was a ton of bait um, out at the um, Bonito Bar. There wasn't much bait at the Hooter or around the Hooter. There was a lot of guys trolling around, but no one hooking up. Um, so we headed over to the Bonito Bar where we found a ton of bait, ton of birds. Um, there were bluefish uh, scattered around, but no real predators harassing the sand deals that were at the Bonito Bar. And uh, prior to the storm, I heard some um, talk of Bonito being caught off the Bonito Bar, but it, it, it doesn't seem to be the same Bonito lights out fishing out at the Hooter at the Bonito Bar as it was previous year. Uh, looking at my log um, on the 23rd of last year, I had gone to the Hooter on the on a very similar tide, very similar conditions. And we came home with 11 Bonito on that trip, mm. big Bonito, along with a bunch of Albies that were caught and released. So um, it, it seems as though the Bonito um, is off to a very, very slow start this year. Which, what's interesting is we're seeing Albies before the Bonito, mm. which is uh complete opposite usually we see the bonito first and then the albies start showing up and i i thought that 
Bonito's season was really going to start off pretty early this year because I remember in June, guys were catching Bonito as a bycatch of Striper off uh, P-Town, if you recall. And um, and they were starting to show up pretty early. So I thought we were going to get hammered with Bonito this year. And I've been poking around Monomoy. And by now, usually, I've already caught in five or six Bonito off of Monomoy. And I haven't seen that yet. I haven't heard much about it yet. Um, so it is off to a slow start. Now, one thing that we were talking about off the air in terms of why the Benito are slow making their way up here, you had an interesting theory because the Benito fishing, you know, is a little bit better to our south down toward Rhode Island. So why don't you share yeah, a little exactly. bit of your theory on, on why that might be? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm talking to guys down in Rhode Island and, um, their, their, their season seems to be right on track. The Bonito have showed up and the Albies are starting to trickle in. The guys are getting some Bonito in Buzzers Bay and Falmouth, but still not the same Bonito bite that you would expect this time of the year. It's still a little slow. But what's interesting is that when the Albies showed up before the Bonito, um, then the theory becomes, well, where, where, where are the Bonito? Why, why haven't they moved in yet? And, um, you know, it could be a case of the storm. Um, but frankly, we should have been seeing Bonito before that storm. So then, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to guess, and this is obviously my guess is that, you know, there are times where, um, you know, just like last year with Striper, where as they migrate up here, they fall into a huge school of bait, like a biomass of bait. And if they find enough bait, they're just not going to leave that easy, and they're going to stick around for a while. And we saw that last year with Striper, where, you know, in uh, Long Island, and uh, they were getting, you know, 44-inch Striper in the Hudson for crying out loud last yeah. year. So, um, and, and a lot of that had to do with, you know, big striper in Rhode Island also was getting big striper last year. And we were like, where's all the striper on Cape Cod? And uh, frankly, there was a lot of bait down there that held those fish down there. They didn't need to come up. And that's one thing that I noticed is this year, the striper fishing has been much better. And why? Well, they, they came all the way up this time, you know, and we have a ton of bait in and around south and north side of Cape Cod. Um so I'm I'm gonna guess that they you know found a biomass bait somewhere and they're uh, just sitting around getting fat and not necessarily moving all the way up. The last thing I want to touch on is just how the dealership is doing. I know we're approaching Labor Day weekend here in in a couple more weeks and it's kind of the the end of the summer so to speak push and there's still plenty of traffic, plenty of action, people coming down to Cape Cod. How's the dealership been and what's going on? Dealership's doing very good. Um, we completely sold out of our new cars, so we're waiting for a new batch to show up. Um, we have plenty of really nice pre-owned vehicles of all brands available. Uh, we will be closed on Labor Day because this is Cape Cod, and, uh, and my employees are very important to me, so I make sure they have plenty of time to be with family and friends during uh, Labor Day weekend.
All right, Bruno, that sounds great. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's edition of the podcast for all the great info. And if you're in the market for a new or used truck especially, head down to Cape and Islands Mitsubishi and see Bruno and he'll take care of you. Absolutely. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks to Bruno Demir for joining us on today's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. And just want to take a moment to thank all of our guest experts that joined us on today's program, starting with MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins, Phil Howarth, the owner of the Goose Hummock Shop down in Orleans, and last but not least, Bruno Demir from Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. That's going to put the wrap on the final edition of the podcast for the beautiful month of August here on Cape Cod. We'll have plenty more podcasts in store for you in September and throughout the fall run. Can't wait for the fall run. It's just a magical time of year, as Phil Howarth alluded to earlier in the podcast. So that's going to do it for me, your host, Kevin Collins, signing off on this edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. And until we chat again, tight lines and take care. Thanks for tuning in to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. For the latest local news, information, and fishing reports, be sure to log on to MyFishingCapeCod.com. From all of us at My Fishing Cape Cod, tight lines and take care.